Welcome to Carmali Exchange. I'm Faisal Carmali. And what if you're the retailer of the year in this country? That means you know sales, you know profit, you know the bottom line. I'm here with Shashi Bell. She's the founder and CEO of JoyDrop. Shashi, welcome. Thank you. That's quite the intro. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited because when you have that kind of an award, when you're a director of entrepreneurs organization for the city of Calgary, when you're the former chair of Alberta Women's Entrepreneurs, you kind of know your shit. And I, I like that because this is going to be a big one because this business is something very interesting. Give me in about 30 seconds or less, tell us what JoyDrop does. JoyDrop is the ultimate candy store for women. That's what it does. It makes women happy. We exist for women to come in to buy for themselves, to make themselves feel good and to make their girlfriends feel good with a piece of jewelry. And if they don't buy something, they walk out still with a smile. That is what we do. What made you create this one, this business itself? So it was created out of my last business, really. We had gift stores and we brought in Canadian designers in jewelry. And we put up a couple of displays. They were 5% of our square footage. And you know what, as retailers, square footage in malls huge. is huge. We measure that every day. So that 5% was actually generating 24% of our sales stopped, really looked at those, dug deeper into those numbers and went, we can make this into its own concept, its own banner, and just started working on that. And voila. And voila. Here we are. <laughs> Why Joy Drop? Why the name Joy Drop? Yeah, you know, I am so lucky with the people that are in my corner. And one of the women is this branding guru. Her name is Claudia Aguirre. She's in Mexico City. And that is what she does is she helps brands with their DNA. And a brand is not a logo. It's yeah. not the, it is what is the essence of why, why they do what they do. We spent three days just watching Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, <laughs> I kid you not, <laughs> putting up sticky notes all around yeah. the, the walls on anything that represented candy and joy um, because I knew I wanted it to be happy. The lovely thing about enjoying startups is that you learn from each one. And with Joy Drop, I was able to have a do-over. I was able to take the things I'd learned from past businesses and go, how do I want to set this one up? Mm -hmm. And I set this one up to exit, meaning I set it up to sell and I set it up with all the processes in place. And I wanted this time to really, really understand my customer and her heart before I even opened the doors. And the other thing about most jewelry stores is we've got these great high-end jewelry stores, Tiffany's and Burke's which are actually meant for men to get out of the doghouse. Yep. They're not made for women to walk in and buy something for themselves. And then we have Ardennes and Claire's, which for women like myself, we're past that. Yeah. There was this huge market opening that mm. we d wanted to capture as well. So it was looking at all of that. It was looking at the numbers. It was looking at what's happening in the market right now. And it was looking at the passions I wanted to fulfill for myself, putting them all into a pot and stirring them and working on a brand from there. Most business owners or entrepreneurs do not set up a business with the intention to sell it. They set up a business to have them give them an income, a lifestyle, provide a purpose or a service to the public. But the part of a sale is usually not the first thing that crosses their mind. You have experience in selling businesses. Yes. You build them, you sell them. Yeah. Walk us through that approach. How do you know when it's time to sell your baby? You know? Yeah. So that is my why. I build them and I sell them 
to other women because I have a strong belief that we need more women leaders. Yes. And when we have more women that are leading, then we have um, a diverse conversation. It's something you give wings to and then you let them fly. Mm -hmm. So I've done that successfully because I believe that the model is a successful model. It's not for money or KPIs, it's for building leaders, building a platform for leaders. So even what we do here, we have over 100 designers, they are all female, are all people that identify as women. We have little miniature platforms for each designer to say what they do and why they do it. Hmm. And we make sure that we give them their recognition within our showcases. So Joy Drop really is just a vessel for other people's stories. And that is our brand. I love it. When we talk about business owner versus entrepreneur, and I have a big debate about this with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. I think a business owner is basically providing a service or a product, the end. An entrepreneur has innovation and creativity attached to it. So you could literally go buy a franchise of a business and now you're a business owner. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't classify you as an entrepreneur. Interesting. You are a subsect of the entrepreneurship side. I call you the, the gardener of entrepreneurs. And here's what, I, what I've been telling people about you. What Shashi has done has been able to plant the seed, allow the flower to grow so other people can pick the flower and learn and enjoy the beauty of that flower. You're being able to pass these business on and sell them to other individuals is like that gardener who allows other people to enjoy their flowers. Now that is a different approach. That's a different sect of an entrepreneur, but requires to have the financial knowledge, how to sell, when to sell, how much to take. Walk us through the biggest challenges you've had when it comes to selling a business. This is a result of 20 years yeah. of doing this. It's not something I decided yesterday and then went, oh, I'm gonna hone that. It's the 10,000 hours on yeah. a craft yeah. that's been put in and now understanding uh, what, I, what I want to do from here on in. I have had extraordinary mentors that have just, when I've called them said, could you please help me? They've said yes. And the walking through is a lot of research, a lot of calls, a lot of leaning on people with backgrounds like yours and saying, can I take you out for dinner and can I pick your brain for three hours and tell me what I'm missing? Yeah. Tell me what I need to know. Tell me what book I need to read. You know, with Twisted Goods, we built it up to 10 stores. We butterflied the company and had a first sale. I learned that as I was doing it, right? So it was the school of hard knocks. Twisted Goods actually took me four years to get it ready to sell. Now I'm going to go back to starting Joy Drop on starting the business so it was ready to sell. It wasn't going to take me four years to clean up the business. Yeah. Okay, walk me through. What did you have to clean up? On the outside, it looks great. It's 10 stores. What is there to do? Well, it's 10 stores with not everything processed out. So to sell it, I had to go through this process of if I was not here, run over the, by the bus, yeah. could someone just walk in and do this? Could they do this? Could they do this? So two years were probably just manuals. The manual for the manager, the manual for the office. How do you set up a display? Everything had to be processed out and written down. We had it in sketches, but we didn't have it in binders. Okay. So we did that. Then it was as an owner, there's an ebb and a flow between your personal and your um, business life. So from the financials, I'm the owner, I'm the director, I'm the 100% share, shareholder and the president. But then it was going, okay, if you stepped out of that role as well, how much does a president get paid? What do dividends look like? What is actually something that you are taking from the business the real travel wise. Financials. Yes, yes, the real financials, yes. not the owner operated financials. Okay. Probably was a year of that. And then I wanted to get as much of a price for it as possible. Yeah, so sure. award shows help. 
You know, the more awards you have, it's like a degree behind you. Well, it raises the profile of the business. It raises the profile of what you've created, and therefore it adds value. That's called goodwill, according goodwill. to a lot of accountants. Exactly. Yes. So, so it's it's interesting you're saying about how to set yourself up for a sale. Is exactly the same things you need to set yourself up to be a successful business, and we call it the five P's: making sure you have your people, your process, your passion, your product. And how to get paid, yes. right? And those are the key pieces that if you have that all ready to go, then that transition makes it a lot easier. And it took you four years, try number one. When Joy Drop's ready to switch change hands, it won't take four years. It will not, no. Those are all in place. It's a matter then of the final one is what is it worth? Yeah. And when is the timing right? Let's talk about getting paid when it comes to this business itself, mm -hmm. retail. Not a very easy business, especially over the last three, four years and what we're seeing in the future. We're seeing recession potentially, inflation, inflation, higher wage costs, lower profit margins for many businesses out there. How the heck does a retail business make the bottom line and grow that bottom line with all those headwinds in front of them? I think that retailers must be somewhat of masochists because <laughs> you, know, you go in, you know all that, and there's a part of me that goes, bring it on, Yeah, bring it on. Let's just do it. Uh, yeah, so, and then let's tackle it one at a time and not just tackle it, let's kill it. And how do we do that? So my mind process is stepping back and going, okay, this is the bucket of stuff I cannot control. I don't even wanna look at it. I can't control it. Here's the bucket that I can control. Now I'm gonna start to piece it out and I'm gonna to start to work backwards, and I'm gonna to start to take baby steps and know where I wanna be in a year from now or two years from now, and I'll make every decision based on that. And that's all I can do. And if I fall, which I'm going to, over and over and over again, I'm gonna get back up. What about the bottom line? Yeah. In times like this, and you've gone through this in the past. Yeah. This is not new for you. Take out the pandemic, of course. What are your tips for retail owners? I actually don't do it for the money. So. <gasps> <laughs> like just like you know I don't get up at five in the morning yeah. you know, and and then work till two at night for yeah. the money this is the piece that would separate the entrepreneur from wannabe entrepreneurs is that, yeah. is that you have to go you know what I may not get paid and I have to be okay for that which means that I have to set up my personal life as well and understand my cash flow and my personal life and I still have a mortgage and I still have a you know bills to pay and I have a child to put through university so how does that happen yeah but yeah there's been many years where I have not been paid <laughs> and, and it was for the sake of building something. I don't think people realize that Yeah. because we talked about this before about conventional and social media making entrepreneurship seem sexy. Yeah. Just take a course online, do a mastermind course and then you can 10x your business, no yeah, problem. Yeah, just like that. And it's not the real deal. Companies like Amazon and Shopify made retail seem so easy. Just put that t-shirt online, you can make money. Yeah. Now you're doing it online and in an actual brick and mortar store. Why do both? Why not just have it online? In order to build a brand that resonates with people, you have to be in both places because we sell jewelry. It's something very tangible. People have to first trust that we have a quality product. So we find for our business, once they've been in our stores or our pop-ups or locations where we meet them where they are, then we can move them to online. So our online strategy is a very long-term strategy. It's not a big percentage of our, our top-line revenue number. What are the things that you've learned over the years that you must do in order to build your brand and get out there? You've got a little taste of my team this morning. Yeah. That's number one. We don't settle. If it takes us six months to find a person to work five hours, a part-timer, we will take six months. Hmm. We only hire the best. And if you're not the best, don't apply. 
<laughs> and if you're not willing to work to be the best, don't apply. That's culture. That's culture. How do you find good talent? We know what our core values are. We hire for our core values. And we have a hiring process in the store that's unusual for retail. Okay. It's three, doesn't matter if you're part-time manager, it's three interviews. With your last interview being, you're just on the floor for 20 minutes, cold, because we just want to see how you interact with people without knowing anything. And you have to pass all those interviews. So if you are someone that doesn't want to go through that because you think, oh, it's just a retail job, why am I doing that? This isn't the place for you. But it weeds out a lot of people. Curiosity. It's questions in an interview. Like, are you a person that is constantly curious? Do you Mm. want to learn? So we look for that. And humor. Are you going to lay it down and laugh? Because this shit's going to get hard. (laughs) And selfishly, don't want anyone around me that doesn't want to smile when shit gets hard. Culture, passion, and personality. Yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah. One of the biggest challenges I see is when to be in the field and outside the field, kind of looking from beyond. You get to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. And you also get to see your team. So when do you know when to let them do it, when you do it? How does it work when regards to that type of flow back and forth? Yeah, well, that really feeds into just my style of leadership is I'm, I am not a micromanager. I really look for people that have stronger skills than I do in the place where they are. Mm-hmm. And then I lean on them and rely on them and throw them into the fire and say, here you go, yeah. this is yours. Run with it and figure it out back to our value being curiosity. You can only do that if you're a person that's not scared of that sort yeah. of thing. And you know, we have 35 people on Joy Drop. If I actually got in people's way, I would be the bottleneck. But when I started my first retail, I was everything. Yeah. And that's also how I know is I was everything. And then I started making job descriptions yeah. so that I didn't have to be everything. I call that intellectual leverage. You're leveraging their mindset, their intellect, their skill set. And they may not do it the way you do it, but man, that can really give you hyperbolic growth. Yes. So I love this. Branding starts with your staff. It starts with our team. What's the next piece? Then it's the designers that we work with. It's the quality. It's the the messaging. It's what we do in the community. It's creating a place that people want to come to. We developed it with a concept in mind, and we haven't deviated from that concept. Meeting our customer where she is means knowing who she is, knowing what she wants, knowing when her mood changes. It's studying that customer always. It's living, breathing, and supporting that person that we are selling to. How do you make connection with that customer? Like you get to observe them, you know their spending habits, there's a lot of research out there that you can purchase or find yourself. But how do you actually make connection with a customer? Because that's part of the brand. I think how we have done it is back to our stories. When I go back again, our purpose and our why, selling you a necklace doesn't make me happy. Selling you someone else's dream makes me happy. And you walking out, if you've bought a purchase, something for your girlfriend or for your daughters, when you walk out with that piece, I'm willing to bet all of my money in, the, in my wallet right now that it's going to be the story that the stylist told you about the necklace that makes it exciting for you to give that gift to your loved one. And that is our brand. How do you know the brand is working? Well, sales. <laughs> We're still Does open. it lead directly? Because so, so my business partner and I have a big debate about mm-hmm. this. And I go that there's two ways to actually build customer awareness. There is the build the brand, which is a long-term viewpoint. And we've had alumni on this show who said the definition of a good brand is when you don't have to go to Google to find it. The other side of it is what we call call to action. Come into our store, meet with us, 
that type of piece. That's you can see directly if you advertise this, but you need the brand so they can identify. I answered really spontaneously. That was just my top of the mind yeah. answer. And then as I was listening to you, I realized your question was, how do you know you've built a good brand? And I'm going to go back to the story. I think how we know is if someone's smiling when we're talking to them. And if our stylists believe what they're saying, mm -hmm. that's going to come out in their body language. Yeah. Our clientele, if they come back, that means that something's resonating with them, with the brand. I, I find that in the retail world, one of the biggest unknowns and something that I track when I look at larger retail corporations, how do I buy a company that's in retail? One of the metrics I look at, what percentage of inventory gets returned? Mm -hmm. We measure that too. Yeah. <laughs> Funny you bring that up because that was a priority for our operations manager last year. Okay. We sort of looked and identified and said, our returns are pretty high just overall we need to dig in this and we're going to spend the year and here's the KPI that we want to bring it down to. And so it was look at the big number and then I, I know your, your viewers want to know the how. It's then you rip it all apart and you look designer by designer by designer. And we were able to identify that most of our returns were coming from two companies and it was manufacturing defects. Then we go back to them and we talk and it's a great process because they were able to tighten up their manufacturing, they don't want the returns either. Yeah. And for them, it's like returns mean that they don't get a repeat wholesale order. Yeah. So you helping. kept that company or you fired them? One of them we actually didn't keep. And the <laughs> you other- You can say it, you fired them. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, we didn't. And the other one worked with us and they increased their quality and to the benefit of their company. And that's also, we're always looking for a win-win. Why wouldn't we want them yeah. to do more? And well, if they do more, you do more. Yeah. I would love for you to share the top three tips to have a successful retail business. Make sure that you hire really kind, wonderful people that will give you their opinion. And hopefully it's different from your own. Um, know your numbers. Because retail is detail. I think more so, I'm biased, but more so than any other industry. Yeah. And uh, don't sweat the small stuff. Because it's there's a lot of it. There's no such thing as perfectionism in retail. Shashi, I want to thank you for all the time that you've worked with, uh, with me on, on this one and other shows that we've done. Your expertise, your experience, and your wisdom helps a whole bunch of entrepreneurs out there. Thank you so much. You're so kind. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button for more from the Carmali Exchange. And you can also follow me on social media at Faisal Carmali, where we can continue the business conversation.